Hi, you had a great opportunity to uh, talk with the International Blues Challenge winner, Frank Sultana, uh, down at the Port Ferry Folk Festival. Here's a couple of tracks from uh, Frank and also a great interview talking about his uh, history of the blues. Signal just like they claimed the night before. Now came the lover from behind the bushes, covered with a hammer that would settle the score. Well, he swung it so high that it scratched the night sky, brought it down on his head. So, landlord! Well, the noise was so dull, it shouted his skull, he went down the crowd. They tied him with the rope, held up his
uh, great to be here at uh, Port Ferry Folk Festival with a blues man and uh, great to have you on Salty Dog Blues and Roots, uh, Mr Frank Sultana. Uh, thanks for having me. How's it going? It's fantastic. I, n- I nearly called you Frank Sultana, but I, yeah. I, I, I stopped at the jump. But Frank, Sulta- Frank Sultana, um, tell me, Frank, um, should we talk about your win at the International Blues Challenge? Or? We can talk about anything you like. Okay. Well, let's go back to when you started playing blues. When did it, when did it hit you? Uh, well, sort of mid-early 2000s, I suppose, 2006, seven. Yeah. My brother gave me a copy of C.W. Stone King's first record. Yeah. And I um, got really inspired to write music. I mean, I'd always played blues and rock and roll songs, grew up in a house where it was all American 50s rhythm and blues music and but I never saw it as a, I guess, a thing that you could take out and actually write original songs and do. Yeah. And then I heard that record and it kind of got me inspired. So the Jungle going. Blues. Uh... Yeah, it was actually the first one, the Hokum Blues. The Hokum Blues. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Wow. And then shortly afterwards, yeah, the, the Jungle Blues. That's so right. before that, you weren't into blues, is that right? Well, not, not into it. I just didn't write blues songs. Right, right. And I went through the whole phase of grunge and everything else and yeah. trying to write kind of, I don't know, rock songs and independent uh, indie songs. And, and then, but always on the side, my family, get-togethers, we'd always sit around singing 12-bar blues songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just never saw it as a thing that you could take out and actually take to the people and write songs. And that right. Song, you know? And that's what got me inspired. And didn't you have a band called The Sinister Kids? I did, and... I did. From 2012 to about 2016, 17, we did yeah. a thing, Frank Sultana and The Sinister Kids. And that was sort of indie, wasn't it? Well, it was blues. Right? It was blues. blues yeah. It was blues, yeah. Okay. So first blues album was 2011. And right. then I got the band together a year after that. Okay. And we did a couple of albums and then... We parted ways around 2016, 17, and I've been doing sort of solo and 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 you know, jamming with different people ever since then, really. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, doing a lot of solo gigs as a lot well. Of solo you, gigs. you often come to Melbourne. Yeah. You play yeah. around the country solo and, and, yeah. and with, a, with, a, with pickup bands too. I guess. I, I've been doing that for about five years. I was talking to, to, to Ben Wicks about this earlier. He was the first person that kind of got me down that path of jam bands, you yeah, know? Yeah. And we did a chuka together. Yeah. And. From then on, I just started picking up players. So I've got, you know, probably 30 or 40 players between Brisbane and Tasmania that yeah. I that I kind of use from time to time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's a really freeing and, and kind of liberating way to play music, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jeff Atchison's got the soul diggers in the UK, the soul diggers in the States. Exactly. The soul diggers in, in Australia. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, wherever you are. Yeah, and it made me a, it's made me a better player and a band leader. Yeah. Um... And you kind of learn ways to to lead the band, and um, and yeah, it's been really good for my playing. I think to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so jump forward um, to the the big news. Obviously, twenty twenty three. The I think the only th- third person um, from Australia, probably one of the very few uh, from outside the US, to win the international blues. Show. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you, man. Thank you. And um, and it was um, it was, it was a great news uh, back home. We celebrated in the streets. It was just like uh, Italy ring with the World Cup. You know? Exactly. It was, but it, it was, um, that was true because, I mean, in the blues community, people own the community, I guess. they. they I really it. felt it. I really did. I had some friends of mine playing at Threadbow Blues, for example, yep. and they announced it during their gigs, and I was getting sent videos of the response, and it was really, um, really nice, you know, that the community did actually get behind 
yeah. what I do, and and I really felt that in a real way, and it yeah. was lovely. I went over there to just experience. It. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I really did go over there to just experience it and soak it up. And winning was at the back of my mind, honestly, and it was just about being a part of it. And um, and so when it happened, it was it was really lovely. And how was it? I mean, you, I remember seeing Facebook posts. You know, you got another gig tonight. Yeah. Somewhere else, you didn't sleep last night and all those yeah. things. Yeah. But uh, two hundred fifty, um, uh, two hundred fifty in the competition from around the world. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Massive. Really. Look, massive. it really was, and the talent was amazing. I met some really great people, um, and yeah, from all over the world. You know, like you know, on one particular night, people from the Netherlands, a guy from Italy, uh, a guy from Korea. Like, it was all over the place, yeah, and it was yeah. really uh, a, a great experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic to see. I mean, I'm a judge of the European Blues Challenge, and we okay. do that, and there's 22 countries there, and, and man, the, uh, the competition's pretty stiff, so it's really hard to get up there in the top. What did you think of it when you... Uh, eight go to the final, correct? Twelve. Twelve now, okay, twelve. So six, six soloists and six bands. Ah, yes, and yes, so yes. the final is um, at the Orpheum Theatre in yes, Memphis. yeah. And that'll, that in itself was just an amazing pleasure, really. Yeah. Like 3,000 seat, Art Deco theatre, yeah. just beautiful, man. So to be a part of that was just incredible, really. And, and how did you pick this, this, the songs you were going to play? Um, well, when I did the Sydney Blues Society part of it, yeah. the four songs that I did there were essentially the four songs I did on the final with one extra song. Um, and... I think you just kind of gauge over time when you're playing gigs your songs that maybe go down a little more than others. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how I came to land on the set list that I did. Right. But they, they mixed it up. So on the Wednesday night, you played a 25-minute set. On the Thursday night, you played a 25 set. On the Friday, they changed it up to a half-hour set. And the final was a 20-minute set. Wow. So they mix it up on you a bit. Yeah, so... And so... I handle Right? <laughs> and so on the Friday night, when I made it through to the semis, I had to throw a few extra songs in. Yeah. And I was umming and ahhing about what songs to do. But it really ended up being the same songs that I did in Sydney what in July. Uh, the Dark of the Night, uh, The Devil's Hooch, Old Nasty Jim... And loving you, all originals. All originals, and that's the other thing. I, I didn't do any covers through the whole comp. They don't like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Everybody else did, and I was really surprised. Yeah. Um, some of them had sort of fifty-fifty ratio of playing covers, which was really strange. Um, but I kind of just decided whether they liked it or not that I was just going to do original music because I wanted that to be, I don't know, like what I kind of left them with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so I was really happy that most of the comments were about my songwriting and about my storytelling and and because they're the things I think I value the most about what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not the world's greatest guitar player, but I love to tell stories and sing songs about about people, you know, and about the human condition. So as a songwriter, who do you, who's your hero as a songwriter? It's pretty broad, man. It's pretty yeah. broad. I mean, I you know, like I said, like, growing up, I thought that the only music in the world was, you know, 50s rhythm and blues music, right? Yeah. So Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Elvis, Jerry Lee, they were the people in my house that I grew up listening to. But at the same time, I remember hearing a song like El Paso by Marty Robbins as a very young kid. 
and visualizing the story. You know? yeah. So I think storytelling is a big part of what I do. Yeah. Bob Dylan is probably my biggest inspiration. Johnny Cash, all those guys, yeah. because they tell stories, you yeah. know, and you relate to the stories. You relate to the characters, and you start to see the story in your mind yeah. when you're listening to it. You know, yeah. and I remember as a five-year-old kid, El Paso, and seeing the cowboys, seeing the woman, yeah. seeing the story, yeah. you know, and. And I think that left a mark on me, you know, and yeah. yeah. Well, I think you know Dylan's for me. I mean, he tangled up in blue, and it's a, it's a three-hour movie. He's the greatest. Yeah, he really it's is. A I think. Movie, yeah. I think if you strip back everything and and think about who is to me the greatest of all, yeah, I think Bob is the yeah. greatest. Well, I really I've, do. I've seen you playing Bob from any time, and I could tell that there's a spark in your eye. There really is. Yeah, <laughs> he's just you know right moment in time. You know, that convert, and I, I listened to Eric Bibb talk about that renaissance of folk in New York in that in that era yeah. and, and the way that it collided with the civil rights movement yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And I think Bob was the the kind of the poster boy for that, really, was, yeah. you know, and and just right moment in history, you know, to write songs about and he didn't what was want going to own on. It. And he didn't. No. And I think that's even more that's special even, about it. Guess, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a song and dance man, he said. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... You know, with recording, after you, you win the EBC, and I don't want to harp, harp on that, but it's yes. big news. Um, have you got um, touring, uh, recording, what's coming up? Absolutely, man. So I booked a session in Sun at Sun Studios when I was in Memphis. Great. And I did, I managed to get 12 songs down in a four hour session, which was Great. cool. Brought it home. Spent the last two or three weeks working on it. Yeah. Uh, my mate Dan Sullivan played harp on a bunch of tracks. I've yep. mixed it, mastered it, and it went off to the printers a couple of days ago. Fantastic. So hopefully this time next week I'll be in Melbourne yep. playing at the Catfish on the 19th of March. Excellent. And I should have copies of that album in my hand. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, gentlemen, the, the Catfish in Melbourne has uh, got a bit of history with you, hasn't it? Man, we've become, it's become a really good partnership, you know, yeah. and I've got Ben Wicks to thank for that. Like, you know, five, six years ago we started playing I think the first time we played together was at Ichuka. Yeah. And then since then, it's just been a really beautiful thing that we do. And the catfish is his home. That's right. And sort of become mine, you know. Yeah. And and I was really stoked, you know. Like, I know Melbourne didn't send anyone this year. And I really felt like the community got behind me, you know. And we did a fundraiser in December there, and it was a great turnout. And everybody was genuine yeah. about getting behind what I was doing, you yeah. know. And, and all the messages and the comments and the rest of it while I was there was really lifted me, you know. Like, I went over there on my own. Yeah. I didn't take any crew with me. And so there were moments where I felt very alone over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all the messages and the comments really were uplifting for me. Built you know? character. It really did, yeah. <laughs> and, well, it did, you yeah. know. And, and, and also to play over there... Yeah, there were moments where I wasn't sure if they'd sort of send me back, yeah. you know, with my tail between my legs right. or whether they... It's a big risk, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Here I am, this dude from Australia playing the blues in America, and yet everybody was just amazing yeah. about it and yeah. really took me in. I, I got to play in Clarksdale, about half a dozen gigs in Clarksdale. Wow. Everybody was just fantastic. And, and I, I've come back, I don't know, with a real new sense of... Of, of spirit in what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, any other tours around Australia you're putting together? Um, so, look, the next few months is pretty busy. Uh, I've got Blues Fest and I've got um, 
Blues on Broad Beach coming up, which yeah. is going to be really great. Yeah. Obviously, I'm doing Meat Stock, Blues and Barbecue down okay. in Melbourne yeah. next weekend um, as part of that run. And then, and then, yeah, a whole bunch of things to announce sort of the back end of the year as well. Mostly, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot more festivals and, and, and move away from... I guess doing the, the, the sort of the freer gigs and, and doing more ticketed events, yeah. theatres, things like that, you know, yeah. where it's a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, like reflecting the fact that I'm putting out my music and, and trying to take it to another level, you know. Yeah. yeah. You're managing yourself? I am. I am at the moment, but I'm speaking with um, uh, a mob called Rhythm Section Management at the oh, yeah. moment, John Howler. Yeah, here we know. From, yeah. Uh, uh, John and Ryan. John. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so we'll be working together over the coming months, which that's is right. really exciting. Yep. Um, yeah. Lloyd Spiegel's with them. Or... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. And Pat Fitz and Cara, yeah, Atro, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I'm just, I just feel great to be a part of all of that, you know. So yeah. and I've known, How- known Howler for a, while, for a while and we're good mates and so it'd be nice to work with And him. he's booking the Echuca this year. He certainly is. So that's we'll right. be there at Echuca. Yeah. Which is going to be great. It's going to be great. Get it back on, get it back rolling again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, a side question: um, in the shower, do you think of yourself as a singer or a guitarist? I'm a singer, man. Singer. I'm a singer and a songwriter, man. That's the main. And I thing. feel as though, to me, playing guitar is just what supports the songs. Okay. Um, you know, I think about Dylan a lot when I think about that. Yeah. You know, and to me. It's just about telling a story, you know, and, yeah. and connecting with people and and listening and, and paying attention to stuff that goes on around you. And, and then when it's time to write songs, just kind of putting it all together and yeah. making up these fanciful stories, you know, yeah. of bits yeah. and pieces yeah. of what I've listened to and come across in my life, you know. Is what I mean? that a big editing process for you? Do you write it once or do you, or do you put notes in your phone and I do, 12 I do. months later come back? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Last few years, what I've been doing is just keywords. So yep. I'll just list words, yep, yep. places, phrases, things, ideas. ideas. Yep, and yep. then when it's time to write, I don't write all the time. In fact, I go dry periods of not writing for a yep, long time. Yep, yep. And then when I'm when I'm in the mood to write, I kind of use these lists of words and phrases and and memories yep, yep, to yep. kind of trigger the the stories that I'm going to tell. You know, yep, yeah. Yep. And so that's how I write, and like. You know, to me, the music just supports the stories. And when people message me about a song that affected them or yeah. really touched them, yeah, yeah. like that's what it's all about for yeah, me. Like, it's not, I'm not the guy that's going to get a message from a guitar player going, oh, I love that lick you did. <laughs> but I but I do get messages from people telling me that that song touched them. Right. And that's what's really important to me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We're all, we're all on the same trip, you know. Like, it's yeah. just about interpreting it and, and sharing it, you know. So the Devil's Hooch, what's that about? I think I, I shouldn't have to answer that. Right? Yeah. So so, <laughs> years, the devil? so years ago, right, I was standing at an ATM in Mullumbimby in northern yeah. New South Wales, which is famous for its crops. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. And I was at an ATM, put some money out, turned around, and a young fellow was trying to to uh, to speak to me about some crops that he had. Right? <laughs> and when I asked him about the quality, he said, mate, it's the devil's hooch. Uh-huh. And again, it's one of those moments where you file it away in your brain yeah. and you come back later and go, I'm writing something. And it's not even about that. Yeah. But it, but it, but it triggered the idea. Yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. in there. Some songs are nonsense. Yeah. 
yeah. they don't mean anything, you know. Yeah. So I get asked about what's this song about, what's that song about, and sometimes they're not about anything. Man. Sometimes uh, whatever whatever you want them to be, right? And that's the other thing too, it's right? Once story. once I re- once they're out, they're everybody else's, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. so it becomes less about what it is to me and more about what it means to everybody listening to it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. And uh, so an album will be coming out. You'll be traveling straight internationally. You're probably getting offers for blues cruises and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so I'll be back in the States in August, September, to play a couple of festivals, one in Colorado, one in Las Vegas, um, which is exciting. And then in February, I'll be doing the legendary blues cruise out of Miami, cruising the caravan. It's tough. Um, it's gonna be tough, right? Tough gig that one. And so I'm hoping that over the next few years, if I can get over there once or twice a year, and do some festivals, yeah. and just keep that kind of boiling away over there, yeah. um, I don't really feel like I have these huge aspirations to live there and take it on in a bigger way. I love Australia. I love living here. I, I enjoyed my trip to America, but I couldn't wait to get home as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's how it'll kind of pan out over the next few years. You know? Yeah. Do you yeah. think it'll be, uh, so you'll stay in Sydney? Yeah, I'm a couple of hours south of Sydney in a place called Kayama. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful little town, and I love living there. Yeah. And I don't envisage moving from there at all in the in the near future at all. So, yeah. It's a beautiful place, man. And, yeah. and you know, I get up every morning, and I go for a swim in the ocean, and I, it's an inspiring place to live. So, I love it there. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly congratulations again. Thanks, Salty. I appreciate it's, uh, it, man. It's good to talk about and hear that background story because um, I'm sure it's the start of many big stories. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I hope so. I and, hope so. And, um, and your pay rate will go up, we hope. And, uh, I hope so. It usually does. It usually it does. It usually does. So um, we won't be able to afford you in 12 months' time. We'll be paying for the interview. Get it while you can, Salty. <laughs> nah, it's all good, mate. No, really appreciate it. We wish you well, especially Thank over the next you. 12 months, touring around, being the number one blues guy in the world. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right. And, um, and, and recognised by everybody as that. So really a great feather in your cap. And uh, Thank we you. love your stuff. Thank you. And we'll be, uh, we'll be catching up with you as much as we can. Uh, in, in Melbourne and also around the country uh, when you're playing. So thanks again, Frank, for giving us some time. Thanks, Salty. I really appreciate it. Uh, g'day, it's Frank Sultani here on Salty Dogs Blues and Roots. Disbelief, and in between the laughter and the pain. 